Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, The Art and Science of Success in Construction Management, with our guest, Travis. Thank you for being here today, Travis. Would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, Travis Schoen here. I was a student of the 2020 class at the University of Arizona, studied civil engineering with an emphasis in construction management. Since then, I've been a full-time project engineer at a couple of the larger general contracting firms in the country. Done work from development space, a lot of life science, and now getting into corporate tech with some of the Amazons, Googles, and Facebooks. Wonderful. So, and you were in one of the early construction management emphasis graduation classes as well. So I want to say I was one of the second or third years, not for sure, but uh, when I was there, it was only the two or three classes. So yeah, it was, it was a smaller group of us, but that's what made it awesome. So, well, there's a lot more and it's really growing. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast today so those students can hear your career story. So why did you choose this career? I think I chose it for a lot of the same reasons that your students are in it today. It's the idea that you're not stuck at a cubicle pushing paper or staring at an Excel spreadsheet all day, which that's a lot of what you do. Your boots on the ground as well, right? You're very hybrid in your role in the fact that one minute you're debating hundreds of thousands of dollars in change orders uh, with a client. Uh, another, you're out in the field, either walking with or disputing with a foreman in the industry who's been doing this craft for 20 years. You're training someone below you to help you out with your daily tasks. And, and a big part of what we do is we're like a liaison between the field and the engineering side. So the, the crews out in the field and what we do with money schedule and how things are put together speaks a totally different language than what engineers, owners, and developers and bankers speak. So a lot of what we do is translate the two, um, upstream and downstream and, and see the project through. So the Swiss army knife of sorts, um, had an idea that's what the profession offered. It wasn't until I started doing it full-time, obviously, that I understood the exact things that we were doing, but that's what drew me to it. An opportunity to be outside, get your hands dirty, deal with a lot of different folks. You're managing right out of the gate. You're in a management position right out of college. Yes, I completely agree that it is a great way to get like quickly into a management role, um, but maybe not necessarily with direct reports, but managing projects, as you said. People from a contractual level. Yeah. And it's a different sort of relationship when you're not like their direct supervisor, they're a subcontractor or whatever. And so all those processes are slightly different. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? So when I let's say I hire an electrician, tractors under my purview, owner of the electric company comes in. Obviously, he's been doing this a lot longer than I have have a lot more money than I have, a lot more say and power and, and, and what have you. Um, I'm not his boss, no. Um, but contractually, 
he or she has obligations to fulfill. And it's my job to see that those get fulfilled uh, in a timely and cost-effective manner. Not really barking at them to get things done, but we're leaning on each other. Hey, what do you need? What can I give you? Be this, but what do you need to see this through? So it's a very two-way street. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that clarification up. So managing partner, management arm, uh, but very two-way street. Very you can't finish the project if even one of your 30 subcontractors are falling behind. Yeah. And communication and relationships are key. Very. Communication's a big one. Documenting your communication's an even bigger one. And yes. I've got some stories with our line of questions that'll come up. Yes. That. Yeah. CYA, I believe, is the, the term. That is, that is the acronym that we like to use. <laughs> You've answered this a little bit already, but what is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? There's a lot of things, but I think the one that encompasses it all is it's okay to not know an answer. I want to start out by saying, I know that's cliche. You might hear that, hear people say that a lot, but it's true. If you think of even on the smallest of projects, 500,000 or a million dollars, you've got anywhere from 10 to 20 subcontractors. You've got a design team, a licensed architect with a team of licensed engineers. You've got a licensed CM. You've got bankers and developers touching that. You've got the, all the people at the city that are reviewing the drawings, the inspector, the team of inspectors that comes out before the inspector even looks at it. All of these people with tens of twenties of years of experience, expertise, board certifications, everything are touching the project. And it could be anywhere from hundreds of people to thousands of people. It's not important what you know. It's okay to simply say, you know what, I'm going to write that down. If it's in a meeting and somebody calls you on the spot on it, or an inspector's walking with you and asks the question, I'm going to write that down. Hey, I'll get back to you. Let me look into it. It's better that you do that than give not true or misleading because then that's just a snowball effect and it's creating much greater problems. So that's a communication, very clear communication. Even if that communication is, I simply don't have the answer right now. And in our industry, not having the answer right now is well accepted for the reasons I just added. You're talking construction documents that are thousands of pages long, specs, contracts, everything's changing every single day. It's okay to take a minute to step back and go get that answer. Um, so the, to wrap it up, the important thing is not knowing the answer, but the important thing is knowing where and how to find that answer and being resourceful in that. That's what makes you very successful in this industry and an A-team player. For sure. And you mentioned the importance of documentation for CYA. The next question is, recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? Challenging. So again, challenges come up every day. That's the, that's the fun, weirdly fun side of this industry. What occurrence is delivering bad news upstream, even downstream, but upstream primarily to your owner, developer, banker, architect, what have you. There's a lot of money on the line with obviously the cost of the work, but not meeting scheduled deadlines. If a business is manufacturing something that's going to generate them tens of thousands or millions of dollars a day, every day that job is late is an impact of significant impact. Um, and these kind of things happen all the time. It could be the owner wants to change a layout of something that they think could be such a simple change could affect numerous aspects of the project all the way down to Things you won't even think about, a permitting standpoint, a calculation for structural, 
I think the list can go on. So getting into battles with the owner when they want to change something and you have to present them the news that, hey, this is going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars, or this is going to cost you a few weeks on your schedule. There's a lot of stuff that's out of your control. And again, that's, so, that's okay. That's understood in this industry, but staying quiet about it, lying about it is not going to get you anywhere. So the best way that I've found to approach these conversations and situations is to take all the emotion out of it. Um, easier said than done. Mm -hmm. I'm still figuring out how to do that. And I think even my bosses who have been in the industry for 20 years have a hard time doing that because you're being receptive to the mood or the emotion that you're receiving on the other end of that table. And like I said, the stakes are high. So it could be something as simple as a crew not showing up, a piece of equipment not being fabricated in time. All these variables that are out of your control, just remind yourself that they're out of your control. You did everything that you could. What makes these conversations much easier taking it and easier to take the emotion out of it is documentation. CYA the whole way through. If you pick up the phone and you have a conversation about something, make sure you write it in an email and follow up. They don't have to respond, but as you go into your career, you'll start to understand the importance of maintaining these different logs and these tracking systems. And that's all stuff you won't learn in school, but you'll learn on the job. Every company does it a little bit different. But at the end of the day, you're documenting the whole trail of the crew on site, when material was released or ordered, when it was approved, when things were changed, so on and so forth. So the more that you can have in your pocket and don't spill it all out. That's another aspect, right? Don't get on the defensive and spill it all out at the same time. Listen to their concerns, provide a little bit back. They don't like it, provide a little bit more. Slowly feed it until you reach a resolution. That's one I deal with a lot, and that's probably my biggest challenge because there's a lot of that. There's a people aspect to that as well, and that's tougher than just running calculations or figuring out a problem on site. For sure, and I was just going to tack on to your answer that I think having the emotional removal is very important. It's also important to have situational awareness and reading the room. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I know it's happened to me that taking the emotional withdrawn to an extreme where they actually want a little bit of emotion out of you there. So it's a delicate balance between reading the situational awareness of the room and responding appropriately. Yeah, yeah. And um, unfortunately, since the stakes are so high and people are dis at the higher you get up the food chain on the owner or client side, the more disconnected they are uh, to the sacrifice, blood, sweat, and tears that you're putting in on the job site. and. Mm -hmm. We know that's part of the gig and we understand that. And that's what we have fun doing. Unfortunately, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Providing a little bit of insight to how hard you're trying is great. It is, it'll get you, it'll get you to a certain point, but I, I really find, I really found that the, having the treasure map in your pocket helps. Yes. And I think too, to understand that we live in this day and age, like we're on a zoom call for this podcast right now. And sometimes you can meet with a client in person, and sometimes it's going to be like over video conferencing and stuff. And you can't just always run the same playbook in the situations because there are affordances and pros and cons when you're face-to-face -face or on video conferencing. And so I think sometimes maybe the engineering mind is I have this formula, I apply it to every situation, but I think it's important to recognize that 
video calls and in-person interactions are a little different and you have to adapt. Yeah. And, and loop in your team members, right? You've got supervisors, mentors at your company and on your project team in the same trailer as you that, you know, not saying that they know more about the subject than you do, but one person's delivery could be received totally differently than another person's delivery. It doesn't make what I'm saying or what you're saying any more right or any more wrong. It could just be the way they smile or the way they spell it out for them in a totally different manner and, and still receive the, the same results. Yep. And it's all about results at the end of the day. That's all it is. Doesn't matter how you got there. Yep. To close this up, what advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? I'm fine. We, as project engineers, which is the role, if you're taking the construction route, that's what you would start out with. We play a very important role in the project or we wouldn't be there getting paid to do what we do. So not to take away anything from that, but be realistic in understanding that a mistake made by a project engineer is not going to make or break the success of a project. Actually, you will make a mistake. You'll make several mistakes that are, that are going to cause problems. But as long as you own it and are proactive and again, knowing how to, it all goes back to knowing how to find the solution or being proactive about the solution. As long that goes along with a, with any profession, just being a team member. Yeah. Own it, take ownership of finding the resolution and loop in the folks that you need to, to resolve it. And continuing with that, you have a tremendous amount of resources around you and your first company is going to be your, like your first love. And you'll start to figure out as things start to get challenging and you start to make mistakes, how that company reactive or is receptive to bringing in or offering more help and resources. So another big thing for a young engineer is to not be afraid to raise your hand. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had, I've learned a few from a few experiences myself there, right? You take ownership and management of what, the, of what you're running and you might they're kicking ass and doing awesome at it. And you probably are, but there's the constant communication needs to be there. If there's something that you're running into, set your pride aside a little bit and move in people to help you out. Or if you made a mistake, raise your hand and mm -hmm. It'll help you out. This is something that even my highest of executives preach to us daily. Well, we can work through an issue or a problem, but what we can't work through is you staying silent on it. And yes. the snowball just gets bigger from there. So from a professional standpoint, having worked at a couple of companies now and being in the industry for a couple of years, feel your company out over those first couple of years. And as you start to as you start to run into these more challenging situations, if the company isn't providing the resources you need or they're not handling mistakes or issues well, then I wouldn't be opposed to looking outside and, and looking what else is available. And that's just because the way the market is right now and, and how valuable we are as young engineers, like you shouldn't have to pinhole yourself or prohibit your growth based on where you're at. So have fun. And don't be afraid to reach out and make sure that where you're at is the best fit for you. Because um, while every company does something a little bit differently, at the end of the day, it's the end result. We build buildings or roads or bridges, what have you. It's all generally the same pro delivery process and methods. So we're all smart kids. That's why we're here and that's how we made it through. Don't discredit yourself. With that. For sure. This has been a wonderful conversation and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Mr. Stoner. It was a pleasure.
We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.